Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about Greta Thunberg's speech at the United Nations and the long-term outlook for energy use in the world. Greta Thunberg is a young girl from Sweden who speaks out on climate change Recently, she gave a speech at the United Nations where she glared into the camera and told us, how dare you focus on economic growth rather than on reducing carbon emissions? This is an intergenerational issue. Greta's generation of young people feel more exposed to climate change than older people because they're going to live longer and because the seas will rise and the climate will change through more of their lives than ours. But it doesn't mean that older people don't care. My grandchildren are more exposed than me. And I care because I want the world to be a good place for my grandchildren to live. But it's a little hard to watch somebody who hasn't yet finished high school lecturing one set of adults about what another set of adults has taught her. And it was political theater. Some people feel that it helps the debate to get moving by focusing on the issue. But to me, I doubt that anybody really changed their mind because like so many political issues today, people already know what they think and they typically just look for facts to back up the opinions that they've already founded. The Energy Information Administration is an agency of the United States Department of Energy and they recently published their International Energy Outlook. And it's fascinating to look at where energy use is really going in the world. The world's going to use more of all kinds of energy, including fossil fuels. In fact, most definitely fossil fuels. The EIA projects that we're going to use 20% more liquids between now and 2050, 40% more natural gas over the next 30 years. We're going to use more renewables too, and they will gain market share, but the world needs more energy, and we're going to be using more of everything. The EIA forecasts that CO2 emissions are going to increase about a third of the rate they have over the last 30 years, but nonetheless, they expect them to be going up, not down, going in the wrong direction. There's a trade-off between the developed world and the developing world, the rich world, the OECD nations want lower CO2 emissions. Emerging markets, the non-OECD countries, want higher living standards. And to raise living standards, you need to use more energy. And that is the fundamental trade-off that the world faces. How do you reconcile one set of countries' need for lower emissions with another set of countries' desire for higher living standards? That is the crux of the matter. And there's not enough practical suggestions on how to do this. The problem with people like Greta and the adults who stand behind her and whose views she is espousing is that they take extreme positions that are unlikely to be implemented. They ought to be supporting more nuclear. Nuclear power is clean and safe. They should be supporting more natural gas and phasing out of coal because natural gas is so much cleaner than coal. They should be supporting more federal research and development dollars in their how to use fossil fuels 
more cleanly. The problem is that in America, energy is cheap and the shale revolution has definitely played a part in that. Fighting climate change and reducing emissions in America is gonna mean more expensive energy. And this must be self-evident because if renewables were so practical, we'd already be living in a world that was exclusively renewables, but they're not. Fossil fuels provide, broadly speaking, cheaper energy. That's why we use them. And so for America to reduce its CO2 emissions, Americans need to accept that they'll be paying more for energy. This is a problem because a recent survey found that American households typically wouldn't spend more than $10 a month more on energy, even if it meant that they would be reducing CO2 emissions. Another problem is that under the pledges that countries made consistent with the Paris Agreement on climate change in 2015, and this is driven by the UN's goals of keeping increase in temperature to one and a half degrees, bringing CO2 emissions down by 2050 to zero, some countries get to increase emissions. And this isn't clear, I'm sure, to most Americans unless they've really thought hard about the issue. So we're now looking at a prospect where rich world countries need to reduce emissions even while poorer countries get to increase emissions so that they can continue to raise living standards. Rich countries have to accept more expensive energy to allow poorer countries to raise their living standards. And no US politician has had to explain to the American people why this is right. There's a very strong moral argument in favor. Rich countries already created a lot of pollution in order to achieve the living standards that we have today. And yet, because this isn't an issue that's been discussed at all in this country, I'm quite sure that a lot of Americans would find that it was a distasteful trade-off to say, yeah, we'll pay more for less so that poorer countries can pollute more and use more energy. And this is why Trump knows that he's on solid ground in saying that he'll withdraw from the Paris Agreement next year and not have the US follow through on its pledge on carbon emissions. This reflects the political reality of how many US voters, I think, would look at the issue. What's needed is a lot more honest discussion about the pros and cons, the cost-benefit analysis of reducing emissions without taking our economy back to the 18th century, which is what the Democrat proposals would do. But unfortunately, because their proposals are so extreme, it leaves the Republicans not really needing to say anything. And Republicans are really silent on the issue because there's nothing in the political center to force them to come up with alternative proposals. An honest discussion about what America needs to do to reduce emissions is what is sorely needed and what is not taking place today. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.